Who wants to get funky tonight? What the fuck are you up to? Stop, I'm sick of your bullshit. Ask me if I give a shit. You don't think they say they're just a lot of shit. That is one big pile of shit. That's wrong. I think the shit's about to hit the fan. everybody welcome it's another episode of the what is this thing called silver emotion podcast <laughs> uh my name is will my name is steven and uh we're going into classic anime territory one yeah. of the big ones yeah um one of the... 1995 yeah right in that uh beginning heyday of the american anime boom yeah yeah it yeah, I, I don't remember when I saw it, but it was certainly right around that time. I was in high school when I saw it. Yeah, I was. Uh, they've got some little featurette things on this DVD that I was kind of poking at, and yeah. like, I guess it got a worldwide theatrical release, and but it had whatever like debut film festival thing. But then yeah. when it hit theaters, it was a worldwide theater wow. release. So I had I, no idea. I did, I did not either. So. I just remember the the VHS. That's how I saw it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely how I saw it first, uh, and the version I watched the most. And until yeah. I got this DVD a few years back, and so I've I've only seen it subtitled a few times. I that VHS I had before was the dub. So yeah, mine was already dubbed too. I didn't ever have it. My friend had it, and I want to say it was probably dubbed. Yeah. But I don't know. We were super into subtitles at that time, so he might have bought the subtitled one. I don't remember. Yeah. All I know is the my brother had it and he had this the dub version and that's yeah. all I, you know, that that's what I had, so right, right. <laughs> that's what I watched. <laughs> so this is this is one of those weird anime that I I see it subtitled and I go, Wow, this sounds so weird now 'cause it, I'm yeah. more familiar with the English dub. But still after all these years. Yeah. Wow. It's that that stuff from that time period. It's like whatever. It's locked in. Yeah, it's it's that's the the version my brain comprehends. Well, I, I don't know if we said what the fuck we watched, but uh, it's it's called <laughs> Ghosts in the Shell. Yeah, <laughs> it's from '95, and and uh, his name is Mamoru Oshi, right? Yes, Mamoru Oshi. I fucking uh, I don't know. Based on the. Manga by Masamune Shiro. There you go. I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I would not have remembered or Shiro Masamune. It, it, sometimes people like to say it either way. He's 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 one that never got like standardized for some reason. Yeah. Some sometimes people say it the Japanese way. Sometimes they and the Japanese way is Shiro Masamune is his yeah. last name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course, that's a pen name. I forget what his real name is, but. <laughs> well, I don't. I think we got to stop the podcast <laughs> if we don't know his real name. Jesus, like I don't Christ. think I've ever actually like seen him. Like whenever I see stuff about him and stuff, he has like little self portraits that he doodles of him. That like like even in this one, it had a 
an interview with him, but instead of like showing his face in the little, it was just like this little drawing that was, that Shiro had done of himself. And it was fuck? like with his voice over it. What the it's fuck? Like... <laughs> wow. So it was kind of weird and goofy, but. So has anybody seen this guy? <laughs> Maybe this he's guy? an AI and he Maybe. doesn't actually exist. And Perhaps. He's... Wow. Okay. The guy is very into technology and weird sci-fi stuff and yeah and realistically like he's he was he's really up on like actual technology and stuff and uh-huh. like the manga is just full of these little asides of how this stuff actually works in a, huh. in a mechanical sense and it's just like wow like i flipped through the manga a little bit after watching the movie just to kind of give it a bit of a glance so you, but you've read it before. i have read it before it's been a while and, yeah. so, and that's kind of why I wanted to flip through it a little bit just to see what uh, the distinction was. Because yeah. they are fairly different. Oh, okay. And stylistically, I think, more than anything, they're different. Huh. In that the manga is very comedic in a lot of places. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's uh, I... it has a very silly atmosphere oh. at times. Like, oh. not that not that it's 100% comedy, but it will oh, weird. definitely jump out into a just straight up comedy and oh wow that does not compute <laughs> yeah so it's it's a very different vibe at times but hmm. yeah definitely you don't feel like there's uh, even room for comedy in the in the world created in this movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely definitely got uh mamoru oshi's stamp on it of his own style and i guess so i don't know if i've seen any of his other stuff yeah this might yeah that's the first marmor oshi thing that i know you've watched anyway yeah and it's very unique even among his own works though i've never like it's it's the fastest paced marmor oshi film i've ever seen oh okay uh, yeah i was surprised it's only like 82 minutes yeah i thought you know i just remember it as being right. like this big thing so i just think right, of that right. as like oh it'll be, be like two hours you know and it's but, like wow 82 minutes well, yeah, fuck yeah a, <laughs> let's do this nice <laughs> nice quick ride i i guess the first ursa yatsura movie might have been faster paced but i'm not remembering that oh, isn't well. that like just like a comedy yeah that was just a straight up comedy yeah and that was kind of back before oshi really developed his style i tend to think or at least before he got enough clout to have his style uh, yeah so he done i guess had but to had to work yeah, as a director for hire yeah, for a little while uh, that makes sense paying his dues yeah with yeah. and then he kind of branched out and was didn't somebody else start with that show that we talked about um, or is it just project echo most of the staff on project echo spun off of uh Urusei Yatsura when okay. mamoru oshi left that show they were kind of like, ah, oh, our, like our dude's gone. He's that like, and gone. they kind of like, they wanted to do their own kind of <laughs> stuff, and they were getting, it. and so they kind of took off, and they, they kind of spun out into their own direction, and yeah, okay. and split off and uh, made other things like uh, Nuku Nuku was. So there's there's oh, a whole okay. lineage that the spun lineage off of, of that. that. All right, they do kind of seem similar enough to I could understand that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, Ghosts in the Shell. Yeah, it's uh Where do you start with this? This. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. a landmark of, of animation. Yeah, so um, how about the animation? Did you... Impressed by it or unimpressed by you know, it? I don't know. I don't know that I was impressed necessarily, but there's there's these moments where I kind of lost myself, and I had to remind, like, oh yeah, like this is a drawing, because <laughs> there's some of it that's that's uh, just I don't know. It it creates the world really well. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And so I kind of just lost myself in watching it. And that very rarely happens with animation. Yeah, it, so, it has some really detailed background stuff. And yeah, it's just, I was impressed with the, uh, just how it felt real. Yeah, I and, think they and did. certain things, like, you know, the world. I don't, right. I don't know specifics. <laughs> yeah, there was, I guess I could... Cause I did I did watch the little making of feature it that came with this because yeah. I had a little bit of time and I had talked about like the lighting being really uniquely done for okay. animation and that they tried to like not just it wasn't simplistic though like just hey, this part's in light this part's in shadow oh, like yeah. they would actually like fade things into it so it's like things that when things got brighter the darker spots would actually get darker okay and just like they would they manipulated the lighting in a lot more sophisticated way than other animation tends to do oh that's cool maybe maybe and i subtly so, picked up on yeah that. i think i think that plays a part in it for sure yeah because once they've mentioned that and then like looking at the little shots they're showing on them like yeah that's actually like the the lighting is a definitely a big aspect of this movie for sure yeah yeah, it maintains a, a very consistent atmosphere. Right. And I know in in regular movies, like, lighting is such an important part of filmmaking. And so, like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it had a big impact. Right. You know, just subtly. I didn't notice it specifically. But, but yeah, I mean, it looked good, no doubt. Yeah. The... Uh, The CG looks good too, but like, I don't know how to describe it. Right, it's... Like, it's not good CG, but that's fine. Like, it looks fine within the context of the movie, and the right, way that it's right. used is is fine. Yeah, it's... It's, it's used... It's utilized well. Yeah. They use it where has a good effect and well it's mostly just for like computer stuff right right like, i'm trying to think of other things where most of the other stuff where it isn't is like the, the little predator camouflage yeah that's obviously cg but yeah but that makes sense that's fine. yeah exactly like that there was some shot where they're like flying a helicopter around a building and the building was clearly kind of cg but oh okay um but yeah for the most part if it's just straight up CG, it's usually used in that computer stuff. Right, that green, like the brains and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that really. stuff's all cool. And or like when they're tracking that that car and they show like the map and the little things with the arrows. Yeah, and, yeah. Like you see, like oh, okay, and it's very clearly like old, low res CG, but I mean, it never detracts or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. 
It's like watching Alien and you see they've got these old CRT monitors and like the 70s vibe of just lights on all the dashes and boards. Well, and, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's like it's dated, but I don't know. That's not a right. Like it's just, it's, it's just a part of that vibe that works and makes Dude, it like, cool. Lights on a board and shit. That's the future to me. <laughs> like if I made a sci-fi movie, that's what everything would fucking look like. Because <laughs> I love that like so much. It, to me, it just the best shit yeah like fucking i don't know laboratories with just lights and <laughs> whirly gigs and shit <laughs> it's the best space like like the, especially an alien with that the mother room where it's all like oh, <laughs> just yeah. like just, just yeah. a bunch of lights everywhere yeah god knows what they all mean but who gives a shit it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. this one's their lights yeah it's lights they're on they're off they're blinking you know awesome i just love it uh, but yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that it's just but the 90s instead of the 70s yeah yeah i don't even know why like i even mentioned it because it's yeah i mean it i i it's, was it's fairly seamless yeah yeah i was watching the little feature out of just how much um, this is basically all edited and done on a computer this this whole movie was yeah uh, digitally edited i would say it's okay that like every aspect of it was scanned into a computer and assembled on a computer and like backgrounds and yeah yeah like okay. even the hand-drawn stuff was scanned into a computer file and then edited into the film and wow so this is definitely a very uh high-tech digital animation kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, especially but, at 95. That seems yeah, yeah. like kind of a big deal I mean, Akiro is kind of pioneering that and doing some very, like, low-level kind right. of stuff like that. And yeah. this is, like, ten times that when they were going into it. And, just, and Akira's, what, 84? 88, I believe. 88? Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So... Yeah, it's a few years later, and we've got... Yeah, way more you know, yeah. computer involvement, but, I mean, it's done well, so... It, yeah, yeah. But, like, all of the the way the backgrounds move and stuff, like, all of that was laid out on computer. Oh, okay. Like, they, they'd take the elements and kind of animate them in, in, on the computer. And oh, wow. So, even though the backgrounds were drawn by hand, it was scanned into the computer, and all the elements were shifted Put around. together. And, wow, okay. You know... So there's quite a bit of di digital manipulation. Yeah, yeah, a lot more than I initially thought, and it's just kind of integrated really well that you don't notice it. Cool. So it's pretty nice. Yeah, and I would say that that's kind of the, you know, the hallmark of somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> right, right. Like in terms of a director, like, because that amount of technology in the hands of someone who doesn't know what they're doing or have a vision or whatever. I mean, in 95, <laughs> you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Holy shit. I could have gone but, off the, gone off the rails real quick. But yeah, I mean, you could compare it to Jurassic park that came out similar time. Yeah. That's like 93, something um, like that. 94, maybe. And that kind of, again, used a lot of CG, but used it, smartly and deliberately in very specific ways that yeah enhanced the actual realistic stuff right and kind of again here they use it in a way to 
enhance the proper animation rather than to just yeah. take over and yeah like i i almost want to say that the cg helps this movie kind of stay timeless in a weird way like the movie itself is you know of a quality so right. that people will continue to watch it but i feel like having the computer in some and this might be just my nostalgia for the 90s and like old computer shit <laughs> but it it still feels futuristic to me. <laughs> it no, it it does to me too. Like I I think when I did a review of it, I was saying like, yeah, this film's almost twenty years old now. I think it's over twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it still feels like futuristic. It still right, and not just futuristic, but like realistically futuristic. Like I could actually see most of this stuff happening. Yeah. And like actually not like it 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 feels more real than most sci-fi stuff I see, and and I think the the CG is a leg up to that. I feel like if it was just hand drawn, it would feel like an old thing, like more of an old thing. Yeah, and I don't probably. know that I have any sort of backing to that or any way to you know explain why I think that, but yeah, I just uh, it's. It's in my soul. I feel <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know, with this movie being so much about technology... That's true. ...and the future, like, it kind of fits. Yeah. I mean, does. I've always had this kind of idea, like, I've always loved fantasy, and I've always loved sci-fi and stuff, but it's like, I always thought sci-fi was best as, like, a movie or a TV show. Okay. And fantasy was best as, like, a book, because it fits type like a sci-fi you're talking about scientific advanced futuristic things use technology to represent it you get you get a movie with okay. all the special effects and you can see all this technology stuff but then like fantasy you're usually talking something like tolkien and distant past medieval kind of setting yeah they aren't gonna have anything like a video or anything like it should be in a book it, it just it fits the setting i understand more. that and and maybe that's subtle and weird and meaningless, but it just no. seems right. It's always been kind of how my brain has looked at it, I guess. No, I think that I think that you're right, but I also think that there's some dope sci-fi books, <laughs> <laughs> and there's like I really enjoy a, a fantasy movies, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, like some hard line that you should well, never cross or something no, stupid but, like that. Because I do think that fantasy probably is at its best in a book form mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of world building that it can do and yeah. stuff um, that like a movie would have to shortchange just in in terms of like adhering to a runtime and Right. And to an extent, you're getting that with sci-fi, too, and that a sci-fi book will be able to explore the ideas right. more thoroughly. But Well, and but my, ex my experience with sci-fi and fantasy books is that fantasy books are generally long, and sci-fi books are generally short in terms of what I've read. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not really reading more, nor more like, newer sci-fi stuff. Like, Phil Dick books, I mean... Like ninety percent of his books are like two hundred pages, <laughs> at the most, and he has as he got older, some of his books got a little more dense. But like Scanner Darkly is probably like, I don't know, three hundred fifty, four hundred maybe. But uh, 
this yeah. movie actually made me think of Scanner Darkly because there's it actually mentioned that they mentioned that line. they mentioned the quote um, that that the that the the book got his title from, but also they the the camouflage suits that they use in Ghost in the Shell. There's a thing like that in Scanner Darkly where they have these scramble suits that the guy uses it in in the the book is not like Ghost in the Shell at all. It's about these like drug addicts and mm-hmm. and it's like sci-fi but it's autobiographical of Phil Dix and his like druggy buddies and like this <laughs> it's a sort of a cautionary tale of of drug use and stuff. But uh there's all this sci-fi elements to it. But anyway, in the in the book, they have these scramble suits where they can remain anonymous and like people, it's like they can. It's like at an AA meeting or something. This guy is like goes up and is talking, but he's. It's it's he doesn't become invisible like he does in like the suits in Ghost in the Shell. It's kind of like this mirrored image where like people see different features and uh, all kinds of it's very uh, mm. elaborate and uh anyway it just reminded me of the the thing and I so I was already kind of thinking of that and then they start talking about the through the glass darkly and I was like oh okay <laughs> well perhaps uh we got a fan here maybe not that like because this movie doesn't seem Phil Dick-ish at yeah. all to me but uh there is some elements that you know, like what makes a yeah, it's very, cyborg. A, you know, yeah, it's, it's a very much about whatever identity. Yeah, and, you know the major Kusanagi, the main character, just having this complete identity crisis, basically of trying to understand who she is and whether how she exists as yeah, as kind of not really having a proper body and being a cyborg and. Right, so like they talk about having a ghost. Yeah, I mean, and so terminology wise, it's basically the ghost is your mind and the shell is your body. Right. And so a cyborg shell is just the body but does has no actual motive force, right. no, no guiding entity, and the ghost can then leave. The uh, say a human body and be installed into this cyborg body. And right, and so she was at some point a human. Right, and had her consciousness removed, put in the cyborg body. Yeah, but in, she's questioning her reality. Right, because she no longer has this human body that she can say, "This is me." But she remembers those days. Um, because I don't think they ever it's, talk about that. In the movie, it definitely does not. Okay. And in the original manga, at least, it never really goes into that either. It's like, in in fact, the manga very specifically kind of states that her own origins and stuff are unknown. Maybe not to her, but to the yeah. world in general. Like, she is just this mystery operative. She's James Bond without, you know, yeah. there's, there's just no information available about her. Because but... I feel like if she remembers being a human then why would she have the crisis well 
they do actually deal with that with the garbage guy, man guy who has his own memories just oh, totally right. like that can, right. memories can just be totally written and that's something they go into is that memory is just data and it can be whatever data it doesn't have to yeah. be accurate data well at that point in in the future they can like insert memories and stuff yeah and that's why this to me is scarier than any horror film i've ever seen yeah it's just that concept of and the fact that this film feels real like it feels like this could happen in the future we could yeah. actually reach that point of and so that to me makes that concept and that moment in that film where they're talking to that garbage dude and just like dude you don't even have a wife like that, that isn't right, a right. picture of your kid that's picture what the like that moment of his just like complete confusion and just like what do you do with your life at that point right and like and they can't take away the memory it's already like in there yeah and it's like how do you fix that and like that to me has always been like that that's scarier than any horror movie I've ever seen of it. Yeah. It's like there's no creepy monster in the dark that's <laughs> yeah. ever gonna be as like just whoa, that would be totally fucked up. If they inserted memories into the garbage dude, but like they said they can't remove memories. So if she had her consciousness taken from a human um, How does she not remember that? So technically with her, I think she still has her brain. Her brain is actually in there. Okay. And theoretically, perhaps part of her spine, her spinal column or something. Okay. So, so her actual brain still exists. Yeah. Um, theoretically. And she mentions that somewhere in a conversation that she supposedly has a brain but she's never seen it no one's seen her brain and like can she actually believe that it's there and well that's a thing too yeah i mean well that's anybody though yeah exactly but you know when you when you are in a body that gets perpetually worked on and is a yeah. is a machine and you can literally open up and see it's a machine and you're getting your arms replaced and yeah yeah, and, yeah. and all of that's going on like can you then just take it on faith that you have a brain in there too yeah and that kind of really is where her kind of identity crisis is boiling down and and bateau her, her partner dude with the goofy eyeballs yeah you know he's talking to the chief in that one scene afterwards where he's like she's acting really weird like this is what's going on he, he's you know he brings that up and he's like so how much do you trust the technicians who work on your cybernetics and stuff? Is like, yeah, and he yeah. says, well, they they go through all this training and this screening. And it's like, but all the, you know, everybody's a human. And, and Bateau's just like, yeah, like once you start doubting, you can't stop. Yeah. And basically Makoto has gotten to this point where she's started doubting and she can't stop. And it's like every possible flaw becomes like well what if that is true and, yeah yeah okay. and it kind of and she's just it's just her brain has just gone down this rabbit hole of <laughs> like is is that true like how can we verify this how can you really be sure of all of that and right it's kind of like this movie really takes that concept and dives into it and the manga isn't quite so hell-bent on it i'd say but, but it's there it is there and I think that conversation even happens where she's it's not with Bateau, it's with a different character that's not in the movie, but um, she has that conversation of like, well, how do I know my brain even exists and whatever. Yeah. And at that point, uh, Masamune Shiro just kind of, as the author injects his just straight up 
practically speaks to you and answers that question. Of, oh, weird. Like, because she's saying, like, how do I know that I'm even a person if, what if my brain was replaced? What if I've been replaced? What if all of this, like, and his answer to that was actually kind of interesting. Is like, if we actually could make a robot that close to human, it would be a human. <laughs> Okay. Like it wouldn't even, there wouldn't be enough difference to matter. It wouldn't, it, you would be a human just like you have all the same parts. You'd have all the same, like if you had actually been able to construct an artificial brain that could do all of that, yeah, it would just be a human brain. It just, it, you'd be a human. And so that was kind of his answer to that of just to kind of be like, why would that even be a problem? It would still be, which is interesting. Cause I was comparing that to Phil Dick yeah. In um, at least with a uh, Blade Runner, and the the idea yeah. that the uh, the replicants are are so close to human, right. and yet they're missing some essential function, and so that being kind of this difference of uh, interpretation, I guess, between Phil Dick and Masamune Shiro there of uh, right Phil Dick thinking you can make it as close to human as you want, and it won't really be human, and Masamune Shiro saying like, no, nah, it'll well, be human. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's anything in his stuff where it's completely imperceptible. I mean, he has a lot. It's not just like Blade Runner because he's obsessed with the idea of right. reality and questioning reality. And that's literally like a 99% of his books. <laughs> I mean, maybe not maybe not that many, but I mean, I probably read like 30 books now. And I would mm -hmm. say like 28, <laughs> 29 maybe are like about the same kind of a thing hmm. um, and exploring it in different ways. And that makes it right. sound like he's just fucking repeating himself, but he's not like he's, it's they're all super unique and interesting. Um, I mean, he has a bunch of shit where like the president is a fucking robot that <laughs> nobody knows. And, and like at some point, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and figure it out like oh shit he's a fucking simulacrum too you know he uses yeah. that word a lot um but yeah i don't know that there's any anything that's where it's completely imperceptible there might be and i'm just forgetting but yeah but yeah but i don't know but i mean if if it's a robot no matter how good it is right like to if I were to meet this ro robot, mm -hmm. I would not be able to tell. So it would be a human to me, but mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It'd still be a robot. <laughs> so like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess cause the only way you'd be able to know if it was that good is if you like popped open its head like data and you saw the fucking blinking lights. Right, right. <laughs> Which is another <laughs> blinking light thing that I loved. <laughs> but, yeah, this is uh, definitely a, one of those weird sci-fi concepts that's just fun to explore. And yeah, I would say, like, watching it this time, I've seen it at least a couple times when I was a teenager, and then I haven't seen it since. So, like, I didn't remember most of the intricacies at all, but right. I remember, like, oh, yeah, I remember that shot or this or that. So, like, the first probably half an hour, I was just like, oh, man, this is not, <laughs> this, this is just like some other random anime. Like, <laughs> this is Ghost in the Shell. This is the thing that, you know, has been built up over time. Like, this yeah. is it? 
And then when they hit that moment where, like, I think it's when they're on the boat and they start talking about it. Mm. And, like, the the idea of, re- and you know, like, her reality and her identity and stuff like that. And then from that, like, when she's diving and stuff. Yeah, and then there's it, a lot of good shots in there, too. Yeah. Just good, just camera stuff that just makes it really intense and awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And then right after that is when it goes into that montage with the, the weird song. Yeah. Of, like, the, the people going about their business and... And, and so, like, from that boat stuff on, it was just like, okay, yeah, this is the movie that, like, <laughs> right. this is and why. That, and that boat scene, I don't know that I really noticed this before, but there's there's multiple uh, Makotos in there. If you know, like, she's on a boat and she's looking around and she's seeing other cyborgs that have her same face. I've seen that in, in, in the scene after but you're talking about in the boat part? Yeah, when she's, like, she's riding on this boat, like, there's some lady at, like, a cafe or something. She oh, looks yeah, the yeah, window yeah. And She, like, looks out the window, and it's like, it's Makoto, and there's, like, yeah. some mannequin that's got clothes on, and it's like, it's Makoto, and it's like... Yeah, I did see that. I think that is also kind of just feeding into her identity crisis of, like... Right. There's other... Like, this is just this factory-manufactured face, and there's others yeah. out there, and, like, yeah, she, yeah. She, like, she has no unique identity that she can cling to yeah (laughs) who am i i keep thinking of that there's this fucking sega uh pinball game of the mary shelley's frankenstein the 90s Mm. movie and robert de niro as frankenstein's monster he goes who am i (laughs) and they play it like forever like every fucking thing in that pinball (laughs) So every time there's, like, a question of identity, I hear that thing in my fucking head. Uh, Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Yeah, once, that, once all that shit started and, like, it felt... Because the first... The beginning part is kind of just, like, a normal movie. Right, and, yeah, this is... And maybe if I knew... Like, if I watched it again now, maybe it would reveal it to be more than that. But just going into it <laughs> this time, I was just like, okay, there's some action. and Okay, here we go. And I was looking for some depth, and it wasn't necessarily there until yeah they started talking about that kind of stuff. And then from then on, it's pretty much nonstop. Right, just uh, very philosophical. Once yeah. Again going on that yeah so that was the other thing puppet master yeah so they talk about him and how i guess i guess i understand it but they talk about like okay they chase him down to go and put him in a body and then they killed his body but is that bullshit he was never. He That's, never had a body. Yeah, he was never a human. He was. They just he's made an him. AI. Yeah. Oh, he says he's not an AI. He was an accidental creation, so he's not like intended to be right. sentient. But, but he's created as a program. <clears throat> right. He's he's a computer program, so he never had a body. Yeah. In okay. The first place, and that was kind of their problem was trying to pin him down and trap him. They needed to give him a body. Right. So they kind of corralled him with whatever future firewall shit and. And they put him in there, and or he went in there willingly. He says, 
Yeah. Well, he, well, he went to Section 9, or was somehow arranged things to be uh, in Section 9's uh, wheelhouse, so that yeah. he could uh, find Makoto there. Because he's been searching for her. He's specifically been looking for her. Yeah, yeah, because they, they have okay. that conversation there where he's like, I've known about you since this all that's started. That's right, that's like, right. So he's basically, because she's this operative on the internet all the time doing all this work, and so yeah, he was noticing her in his own work and seeing what she was doing, and he kind of decided she would be this compatible person for what his plans of... Uh, his plans to machine replicate yeah, into, into, into a into new life, entity. Which is, which is, I think, where you get an even if anything, a stronger theme to this movie is the theme of evolution. Yeah. And uh, and that's, I think, something where an earlier scene, you can see that more clearly, is when there's the scene where she's gearing up and talking to uh, Togusa, I think, the, the guy who's not a cyborg. Yeah, that human dude. Yeah, and he's like, why'd you pick me? Like, everybody right. on this team's a freaking, like, combat cyborg. Like, I'm just a normal beat cop. And she's I just like... I bad for that guy. <laughs> getting roped into this thing but yeah but it's it's right back to evolution if you over where she says it's like you over specialize and you die you you can't you have to have a broader range like if every part reacts the same way then then one flaw will destroy everything right and so having multiple perspectives having multiple things and that's basically life on an individual level each individual human is yeah. different from humanity as a group each individual dog or cat has its own unique traits yeah okay and by having that variety you can ensure the survival of the species as a whole because something will come along and some disease will wipe out everybody but the but, people who do yeah. survive it can keep the species going and that's yeah, kind of yeah. what the puppet master is always talking about when he's talking about simply copying his program and putting having duplicates of it is not really reproduction right it's not really life it's not expanding out it's not following an evolutionary path where you're creating something new and and that's what he wants to do is to have this have actual life and that's why he says yeah so and that's why he says he's missing two components of life he cannot die per se and he cannot reproduce and so by fusing with Makoto, he is both dying and creating something new. And so right. he is therefore fulfilling his own uh, self-determined goal of yeah. having this life go on. And so that too is the next step, so to speak, of human evolution, is to become this kind of digital life form and surpass uh, the conf- confines of a body. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, okay. And I guess, I guess it could be human and digital, because you could put the human into the cyborg body, right? The ghost, and then fuse with somebody, you know? Yeah. Fuse with Puppet Master, and so and kind of that as a replacement for the yeah fusion of DNA that happens in biological right, reproduction. Right, right. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. 
So it's it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like that's the you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that that aspect, perhaps not the evolutionary tie-in, but that aspect is also in the manga. Like most of the ideas that this movie toys with are in the manga, at yeah. least in some small form or at least mentioned somewhere. And he Mamoroshi kind of takes them and emphasizes them the way he wants to, of course. But yeah, well, I would say that if somebody else made this movie and they had comedy in it, and if it was like, I mean, I haven't seen this this comic, but if it's like you're saying, I feel like it would not be the big movie that it is. No, probably not. And I I, I feel like in some ways that. Ghost in the Shell is, and, and Akira I feel very similar about, is like part of the reason why those two movies are so big is that they don't feel like anime as much as other anime. Like, they, they feel like they're kind of outside that typical kind of... Yeah, I know what you're saying. They still feel like anime to me, but but they feel like <laughs> they're fucking good anime. <laughs> no, it's just like they, they feel more like uh auteurish than yeah then like a lot of anime can seem very similar regardless of the creator right and i feel like both akira and this you feel the creator yeah it, it's less tr- kind of trying to live in that anime aesthetic right it's, it's just it's, it, a, it's a movie yeah it's, it's not trying to be anime it's yeah. trying to be its own thing it's not trying to live up to whatever a definition of an anime or what needs to be there for an anime it's right just... and that's why they're good <laughs> that's why they're dope <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah just uh i mean i'm sure there's other movies like that but but uh yeah these are probably the two biggest yeah and and you know. i mean that's something with like miyazaki where you feel miyazaki throughout all of his movies right and they're not like akira and ghost in the shell really but they're they're really solid movies onto themselves right and i kind of feel like those are closer to like the kind of the uh idealized definition i guess of anime than ghost in the shell or akira they they feel closer to that kind of the center common point of anime to me at least maybe some of them um but like fucking my neighbor totoro it's like that's almost that whole movie is just like these girls in rural japan and it's so like normal and realistic and it's so it's so cool i don't know it's like it's when i first saw that i didn't like it because it wasn't super crazy um Mm -hmm. like castle in the sky or something but I don't know, it's got a cat bus. I mean, it has that stuff, <laughs> but that's, that's like, it's not the main thing. The main thing right. is just some girls in the in the house and stuff. And I don't know, man. I feel like it's it's such a good movie. Just like the the fantasy just adds an extra level to it. But but I don't know. I clearly don't have the words to say it, but. Um, I, or like the wind rises, that last movie that he made. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, that is such a good movie, and that's very grounded. Yeah, and and like, 
just realistic relationships and the the that fucking heartbreak of like the the wife like deteriorating and stuff like i have felt a lot with that because of laura my wife who's like slowly yeah. you know losing herself but but uh man that movie is because is there any fantasy in wind rises i don't think so i mean there's the guy has dreams that are you could kind of take as fantasy but like I, I get the feeling that that's not like a literal occurrence in the movie it's yeah i just remember him like designing the, the thing and being yeah. with his wife but he would stuff. he would kind of have these like dream like conversations with this other like european adventure oh guy yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. i remember that but yeah like that was more of like either a daydream or a fantasy or like his it wasn't like a literal occurrence with right, the, right, the right. world that he was living in yeah it was, no it's a very grounded movie yeah yeah, so like I don't know stuff like that. It's just like that's just dope Japanese movies. <laughs> like it transcends animation for me. Right, and I get it does. It's 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 kind of outside of that, but I, I kind of just feel like Akira and Ghost in the Shell are just their own unique outliers. That there's just nothing out there really to stand next to them. As, yeah, like even to each other, they're not really no they're not they're completely unique yeah and that's good and that's really the only thing i yeah. can say about them to compare them is that they are both completely unique <laughs> right right and again yeah but it makes me sad there's nothing else like that <laughs> not much man, like i mean i mean what about other uh other movies that those guys made um well katsuro otomo hasn't done a whole lot he did steam boy yeah and that's basically the only major film he did other than akira didn't he do some short movies or something he's done like little short skits and animation and stuff like he uh he did the opening and closing animation stuff for robot carnival um he's he's normally done like a little like a segment in an anthology film is okay. what he has tended to do otherwise but he's also he's a manga artist he's not primarily an animator he yeah you know he directed the movie of Akira because he drew the manga and he was just like no I if you're gonna make a movie I'm gonna direct right. it like well what is he should direct some other fucking mangas that he wrote if it's yeah. as dope as Akira and that's gets a work like he's dude. done he did one called Domo Domo something I forget the name exactly and I don't really know what that one was about other than that it was it's a movie no, it was a series he did, a, a manga series that he did. Manga series, okay. And the other manga series I know, I think he did Legend of Mother Sarah. And that's like the only things I really know of that he's done. Well, make them into movies, dude. Come on, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. But like, uh, I know yeah, Mar- Oshi's Oshi. got a shit ton of movies. Yeah, and like out of them, I would say Ghost in the Shell is like, basically my uh, by far my favorite of yeah. the ones he's directed and definitely like like i said before it's by far the fastest paced it's the most straightforward and clear cut yeah uh, of any well of i don't stuff. necessarily need that because like this movie makes me think of 2001 not really in the execution at all but just in the 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 like i don't even know how to describe it like there's a vagueness to this movie where you're kind of filling in things and then like the the obvious connection of the 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 
fucking <laughs> the main character and the the other thing and becoming a yeah. new entity yeah. Yeah, and stuff true. like that and it, that also made me think of the fly where like mm. he had transcended <laughs> into this thing and he's like we can be the perfect family let's all fuse <laughs> you know so i was thinking of that as well but uh I don't. Anytime a movie can make me think about two thousand one, in in sort of vague terms, where I get a feeling, yeah, I know it's good. <laughs> so like, I'm very interested in more of, of his yeah, stuff. He, yeah, there. He's definitely got other movies out there, and and like, I would probably be more interested in the the vaguer, weirder shit than than plot yeah, based he's, stuff. He's definitely got some of some of that, but. I would say the other movie and I have of his that I would put on like a really high tier close to this one yeah. is kind of cheating cuz he didn't direct it, he wrote it. Man. But <laughs> and that's Jinro. Okay, Which yeah. is a part of that uh Kerberos trilogy. Right. And he, he directed made the other two, yeah, yeah, he made that whole series. He directed the first two live action films of it yeah. and then the animated film of it. There was a, a different director, but he still wrote the film. And, okay. So yeah, it's still like very see. much of him, but yeah, it's yeah. not like directed by him. So it's not see. quite the same uh, situation with that. But yeah, I mean, definitely one to watch. But, yeah, and and but, uh, just I don't know. in its own right, I think that movie is just really, really good. But, yeah. Well, who directed that? Is there somebody um, else that's uh, dope? Oh, I forget who the director was. I don't know of much else that he's done. Oh, okay. So I, I, I need to actually look up what well, else if it's, might be. If it's that good of a movie, yeah, check it I, out. I should see what else he did. Look into that. I, I have this habit of not actually looking into like the creators of that, movies yeah, and stuff, which is a bad habit. That's I like have. the exact opposite of me. <laughs> right. Like as soon as I see something that I like, I'm like, oh, what the hell else did this dude do? <laughs> and then I, you know, go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, he made 30 movies. Let's <laughs> add them to the list of things that I want to watch. And you know, that's how I get this fucking ridiculous gargantuan list and yeah i'm never able to overcome it's too many things yeah, that i want to see the only other movie that i can um for uh the guy who did jen Rowe, and i'm not sure if it was the director or just the character designer but it was, was a letter to momo and i just am like when i saw a letter to momo i'm like why does this movie look so damn familiar yeah. And I was looking at it like, where did this guy? And I realized the character designer was the, the same. And oh, so okay. it's like, oh, the characters look the same. That's why it, it's, yeah, it, yeah. And it. And those two movies are so completely different that my mind didn't make the connection, really. It was just like, why does this look so damn similar? <laughs> like, I know I've seen these this thing before. And I was like, oh, okay, it's the same character designer that did Jinro. But okay. that might have still been the director. Yeah, yeah. Cause, like, just because... You know, direct, being the director doesn't prevent you from doing other stuff on the movie. So this is true, especially is true. with like animation when you can really be in charge of, uh, like, uh, Akira. Katsuro Otomo did obviously did the character designs for because it, it was his manga. Right, right. Movie, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of a unique situation, though. Where right, the right, actual right. manga dude is like directing his own movie and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't really. Think, I can't really think of the only other guy I know of to do that is uh, Osama Tezuka. Yeah, Tezuka would do and that. He he did a lot of his own. But see, like, stuff, okay, but based on those two examples, 
you got some dope stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you let more manga people direct their own shit? I yeah. mean, maybe there there is people out there, but I'm just saying, like, we could up the game of <laughs> anime, you know, considerably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be nice. I think the manga artists are often, like, just so overworked. As, uh, yeah. That's, that's one thing is, like, manga artists have no time for anything. They just... They're always swamped. They're always busy. They're always behind schedule. They're always uh, overworked. They're always like dead on their feet because they're so tired from not <laughs> having to <laughs> just work day in and day out. And, oh my god! Like uh, I, I'm not sure what it is, but they they are a, a very overworked bunch, as in, uh, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, it is unique in that they're usually drawing and writing. Yeah. And unlike American in, comics. Yeah, and, and unlike American comics, they do all of it practically. Like, yeah. c- certainly for starting out ones. Like yeah. later on, if they become really successful, they might get assistance and stuff that'll help with the artwork and layouts and stuff. But that if you're just like cheating, though. Yeah, but it's like if you're just starting out, like you, you can't afford to hire right. somebody to, like, you got to do all that shit yourself. And, <laughs> and even then, you've got to be really successful before you can actually reach that point where you yeah. can get we some can hire somebody. Help. Uh, and and by the time you're that successful you're so busy doing like book signings and interviews and crap too that that's another tax on your time yeah <laughs> so hmm. it can be kind of nuts but that's that I think more than as much as anything is why uh, manga is usually black and white and doesn't have much color is that, that it's yeah, that makes one sense. person doing yeah yeah everything dude that would take so much longer if they were coloring everything too right, right. holy just, shit there's no way that's gonna really yeah. happen and, and you don't need the color no and i love the black and white so it's and that's part of how anime has uh, the aesthetic of it has evolved is that it's evolved out of black and white manga and the, yeah and the the coloring schemes you do in that as opposed to the coloring schemes of an american comic where it's you have color and yeah the color is a good identifier of things and yeah the only the only manga that i've ever read like the whole thing and got really into was blade of the immortal Mm -hmm. and man i tried to watch that anime and it was just it was not (laughs) happening yeah for one because it was in color and it was just like no it, it this needs to be black and white and for two because the line art of Blade of the Immortal is so intensely unique and sketchy. Yeah. And that, the anime was like super clean lines. Yeah, there, there's it, no way to really animate Blade of the Immortal. They could. With that art style. They could. If they took the time <laughs> to just do it right. Yeah. They could do it. So I'm holding out for that. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think we'll ever see that. That's just... Uh, I mean, Tale of Princess Kaguya is as close as you're going to get to that art style in an animation. And yeah, that but that's was a, not... That was kind of a unique occurrence. That's not really sketchy, though. That's, like, watercolory and stuff. I don't know. Well, maybe the uh, the live-action Blade of the Immortal Takashi Miki movie is... is uh, will f- will oh, that was Takashi Miki. Okay. Yeah. He did that a few years ago, but I haven't watched it. But uh, check that one out. Perhaps, perhaps that will fill the the void of <laughs> of me watching an adaptation of my thing that i liked but who knows yeah i i 
I kind of doubt we'll really get a proper uh, translation of that art style into any other. I doubt it, but I, I'm still hoping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still hoping. Uh, Keep so hope alive. It's, I don't know. I just love it so much. I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know what to say about Ghost in the Shell. It's dope. Yeah. That's another thing. I liked, I mean, I like it visually. It's cool. But another thing that I liked about it is that the city yes. basically looked like Hong yeah, Kong. It, it, no, it, it is Hong Kong. It's just it's just set in Hong Kong. Well, they didn't, did they ever say Hong Kong? Um, I don't think they do in the movie, but in in the like the interviews and stuff, there was a question like, "Why'd you set it in Hong Kong?" And oh, okay. And so then the answer to that was actually kind of funny. Like, is because it was about high tech information and stuff. And he's like, he would just look at Hong Kong. He's like, there's signs everywhere. There's people bustling about this. Just visually is a good yeah match to a busy internet kind of a situation where there's you know it's it just how do you visually represent computer data and it was like <laughs> the 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 complexity and the intricacy and the constant flow of that and yeah. it's like what would possibly be able to represent that and it's just that hong kong that would be this Fucking great <laughs> dope ass hong kong yeah, yeah you know and it looks like hong kong i was yeah, just like yeah. i don't care what they say this is this has got to be based on hong kong yeah it's it, de looks it definitely exactly is like it. Yeah, yeah it very much is based on hong kong yeah and so i i had to enjoy that yeah you know, yeah it's, it's my city that i that i know very little about <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did think to. you would uh, enjoy that i did i did enjoy that, that quite a bit yeah because I, I don't think until i watched that interview that i'd known it was specifically set in hong kong but it, I, I knew it was hong kong was like the inspiration for the the okay. cityscapes and stuff but yeah all those signs on the buildings and like the, the high-rise apartments with like all the air conditioners and stuff like that's just 100% Hong Kong. Yeah. And then I thought, like, well, maybe it's, you know, it's Japanese. Maybe it's set in Tokyo. But it's, it's like, I, I've seen stuff in Tokyo, like it's, movies, and yeah, it doesn't look like that. that. Yeah, like, it's it definitely, just, like, the market where he's, yeah, that's, like, that's yeah. definitely not a Tokyo market. That's Right. No, that's super Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, how am I not going to like that? So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah future, future city, it's Hong Kong. Hong Kong's still cool, too, in terms of... of the idea of ghost in the shell where there's like the the new thing and the old thing coming together because like hong kong mm, yeah. is is like old china mixed with the british sort of coming together and then it created this new thing mm. that's like british hong kong is its own thing and yeah and uh especially especially on. now with with uh, all the protests and stuff where where china is kind of trying to assert their rule yeah, and, and Hong Kong is its own thing, and they're fighting for the, to be themselves and to be their have their own identity and stuff. Right. And so, I like visually, Hong Kong's dope. Let's set it in Hong Kong, but I feel like it works below that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, the city itself is like this thing that would have never existed without two cultures coming together, and 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 especially with the british like asserting themselves over like controlling it mm -hmm. whereas like puppet master made it happen <laughs> to where they came together so that he could say 
this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, this is my idea. Let's do yeah. it. You know. And, of course, Makoto had to agree to it. but She did have to agree. Or at least agree. he allowed her to. But <laughs> right. And now, I mean, the, the, the deal with China was like, you know, you'll have a hundred years of rule or something like that, and they'll have to hand it over in '97. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's, you know, there's an agreement. Yeah. I don't know. It's a. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. So. Ghost in the Shell is interesting, just as a franchise too, and that this is. Yeah, that's what makes no sense to me because it feels like. Like, obviously it ends, and there's, like, it, it opens right. the door for other things, but, like, it feels like a movie that there should never be a sequel to. Right, and so there is a manga sequel Yeah. that I read and was very confused by. I, I yeah, I, I, I've looked at that and, and <laughs> didn't delve too deeply because it was like, okay, I am... I am not qualified to read this. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to read it either. I, I went through it. I'm like, I do not understand what is happening. Maybe I need to give it a few more goes, but it, it just yeah, that one it, that one was very crazy. Um, the movie is also a Marmoru Oshii movie. The sequel, Ghost in the Shell Two, which okay, I did not care for, but okay, maybe you would. I don't know. It's it's well. I mean, I'm. We could watch it. I don't know that uh, I'm gonna care for it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, that one kind of, I don't know. It was weird. It was it was very slow and and didn't feel like it was going anywhere to me anyway. But, yeah. Um, if you're a Mamoru Oshii fan, it that's kind of his style is to yeah. be very slow and and <laughs> kind of uh, just play with this. Uh, idea i guess and just just kind of linger on things but but you're a fan right i'm sometimes sometimes like i like i love this movie yeah this is by far my favorite of his movies but you don't love anything else not uh, there's nothing else i've seen of his that i would put at that level of like i love it or yeah like there's things that i think he does definitely tackle really interesting ideas and I I like to see those ideas, and but I feel like a lot of times they're just too drawn out and kind of going nowhere. And okay, it detracts from uh, the ideas that he's he's lingering on it for a little too long. Is my feeling on it? Do you think that the movies after Ghost in the Shell, with the success of Ghost in the Shell, are more like that than the movies before? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean. mean it's, I don't know if you know the filmography well enough to because um, I think most of because uh, <clears throat> the Pat Labor movies would have been beforehand, and they were they were kind of like that too. But the kind of slow. Yeah, they were kind of slow. Okay, and not, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, aren't those like big popular things though? It's like a whole franchise. Yeah, he did. I'm not sure. He didn't do everything in that franchise. He did those two movies specifically, and I think he probably did some of the TV series. Oh, okay. Or the OVA series or something of that, but that wasn't, like, uh, something created by him or uh, really, like, I guess he's identified with it because he's Mamoru Oshii. Yeah, and he made some of the movies, yeah. Yeah, and so he did the first two movies, which 
are definitely the uh, best movies in that series, but <laughs> I'm not too fond of Pat Labor itself as a in okay. general. What I've seen of it has been kind of meh. Uh, so he's definitely done the best I've seen of that, but hmm. also they're very kind of slow and yeah. meticulous and weird. Hmm. But um, then he did Urusei Yatsura before that. I'm not sure if there's much else he did in that time period. Oh, okay. I think... At well, least those, the first those... of the Kerberos movies he did. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the first two of those were probably before this. Because I, re- I remember when you were reviewing them, like, one of them I think was I, in the 80s. Yeah, I'm sure the first one must have been in the 80s, and the second one might have been... I, I think the second one's before this as well. Yeah. So um, how are those? Those are kind of hit and miss for me, but they're also... Like, the second one I actually was just, like, totally bored out of my mind with. But, oh, okay. Uh, the first though. one is just so bizarre and weird that I'm not sure, like, I need to see it again to, like, I'm not sure what the hell to think about it. I need yeah. to go through it again. And and you saw it once. Yeah, I think I saw it just that once. Okay. And I kind of need to... Well, we should watch it. Yeah. I'm down. It's, it's a, That would be a good one to just showcase Mamoru Oshii doing Mamoru Oshii. Yeah. And, and that one will be interesting because, like I said, Ghost in the Shell, the, the movie, has, like, no humor. There's, like... No, not at all. Like uh, zero. Yeah. Red <laughs> Spectacles has a lot of weird humor. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, Mamoru Oshii is not humorless. He's yeah. definitely uh, has his own brand of humor that is very uniquely bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> and I like his humor. Yeah. So I'm always uh, happy when he, he throws in his weird jokes because they're, they're weird and they're bizarre and they, they always kind of get me. But Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a good move not to put any weird humor in this. I think the atmosphere is right. good as was, it is. Yeah, the, this this movie was doing uh, what it needed to do to yeah. sell its ideas in the best way it could. But yeah, some someday we ought to watch a uh, Dominion Tank Police because that that would be a good uh, okay. A good showcase of what Masamune Shiro's style would be of, oh, okay. in That's terms of being thing. like this deep sci-fi, but also being goofy and comedic at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would that would like maybe let you see like the the bridge between like yeah. what, what Mamoru Oshii did with Ghost in the Shell and what its original uh, yeah, yeah. concepts were, or uh, its original format of being kind of. Because Makoto ha- is a lot more vibrant, I guess, and uh, just she'll get angry. She'll have emotion. Like yeah, yeah. she's very emotionless in this film for the most part. For sure, and, I would say that most people in this movie are emotionless. Right. They're all pretty like serious. Yeah, the, and, right. Right. It's it's all very low key and yeah. down to earth. And the human cop dude is probably the most expressive. And and the the garbage dudes too are pretty. Yeah, like I think Bateau's got a lot of uh, person. He's he does, but he's still pretty. He's sedate. got a lot of human emotion to him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's still pretty like reserved though. I don't know. Right. Maybe I'm not remembering. But I don't know. He he's the one who's actually kind of like getting emotionally involved in it. Of like, he is. He is for sure. Like kind of getting pissed off at things and. 
but yeah, it's it's and that might be kind of intentional on Mamoroshi's part of having the cyborgs be much less expressive and emotion, yeah. whereas the not cyborg people like the garbage men and the right right and Togusa and being a lot more expressive and hmm. so that that may very well be an intentional theme on his part. They just they those people the they felt more like humans. Yeah, where the other people were were colder like even the the director dude the old guy yeah like he seems more human than the the cyborg cops that you know like oh there's they're you know they got their shells yeah yeah <laughs> and he again is one of the least cybered people in yeah this in the movie him and togusa are like they single them out as like the, the like the only two people in the department who don't have a full cyborg body <laughs> yeah and they feel more human and you know and it's subtle it's not like a right right <laughs> i'm a human eh? <laughs> it's not bursting out it's just a subtle sort of a thing yeah i don't know it's it's i like it i feel like i would like it more like if i kept watching it more like yeah with the understanding of what right, right. what things are happening and because it is there's parts where it's pretty dense, like, and complex, and I had to, right. like, okay, so... Yeah, it, it can... Huh? It, it can get a little, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way, though. Right. It, it doesn't overdo it, and it kind of gives you the time to let it sink in and figure yeah. it out. Yeah, and it feels like the answers are there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's just like overly complex and it's like oh there's no way i can penetrate this and i don't even know if it knows what it's doing like, <laughs> like it it feels very very much like it it's confident in in putting itself out there right and the problem is me <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's just a personal sort of complex that i have for yeah, i, <laughs> I feel I like mean, i'm wrong it sounds like you got it pretty well so <laughs> Yeah, but oh, I was I was gonna say I was um, so we're talking about the sequels to it, like the that manga sequel and the second movie. Those are the only two sequels. Everything else in the Ghost in the Shell franchise is a prequel. Oh, it's taking place before this film. All those series and yeah, because they're all about Major Kusanagi as the major in section nine which she stops being at this point in the movie this is the end she goes off she's no longer the major she's this new life form yeah and so there's really not much that happens afterwards so everything and because she is kind of like the identity of the franchise right like her as this badass cyborg special ops person it's just like that's what people want and because that no longer exists, it's kind of like how you've talked about Star Wars yeah, and like what people want though. It, it's it's kind of like what you've talked about Star Wars and like after Return of the Jedi, where do you go? Where are the Force users? Luke's right. the only one left. Exactly. Like how do you really? It's kind of like that. It's like you're if if the entire appeal of uh, at least on a mass basis is that you have this badass cyborg girl kicking ass. Yeah. Where do you go when she leaves? You know, you... So all of that... You fucking make something else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You let it die. Like, shit used to die. I hate that everything's a fucking franchise now. Yeah, so it's, uh... 
it's kind of weird. So that's what I mean by it's like it's kind of weird as a franchise that it, it has yeah. to stay in its past. It can't move the story forward any. Yeah, like see, I, I don't know that I would want to watch any of that stuff though, because I mean, how interesting could that be? I don't know. I don't feel like I want to know any of that stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's. Uh, it should stay unknown. <laughs> I don't. Maybe there's some cool stuff, but is any of is that like based on actual uh, Shiro stuff? I don't think so. Yeah. I think all of that is kind of because those t- the two mango are the only things that I know that Shiro did. Yeah. I, I think those are the only uh, Ghost in the Shell stuff he did. Yeah, it's gonna be a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you watched them all though, didn't you? Um, yeah, I, I've. I watched the movie versions of them. I think I saw the first half of the TV series, and I think they're fine. They're fine. There's yeah, but, like, fine compared they're, they're to not, Ghost in the Shell yeah, movie, they're, they're which is awesome. They're not the movie at all. They're yeah. not. They're, they're basic sci-fi adventure kind of things, which which is fine, but yeah, it, 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 it's fine. <laughs> it's not. Right. It's definitely not this, this movie or, and everything well, that this movie does. Like, what is the point of them? Do they try to develop things that are related to the movie? Or they're just their own thing? They're kind of just their own thing. It's just... it. I'd consider it just like a... Like a... Just kind of your basic... Uh, like a CSI thing, except with cyborgs and robots and... So it's kind of... Hmm. I don't know. It's... it's I'm not feeling it. Yeah, it... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with them, really, as far as I'm concerned. But Man, that is not... You're not... I don't it's know, not going to sell me on it. I'm, I'm not sure I'm trying to sell you on it. It's just... There's nothing wrong with them. They're, like, they're fine. I mean, yeah, all right. Well, I, I would watch the sequel movie, but... Even, even though I don't think that there should be a sequel. It's like t- there's a sequel to 2001, but... Right. I wish I never watched it. <laughs> it's been so long now that I don't really remember it, so that's a good thing. Mm. But I have the knowledge that it's there, which is still sort of bothers me. Uh, well, you can just consider that Arthur C. Clarke's little branch of yes, a, a, yes, and Kubrick did what he wanted and left it be. Yeah. So yeah, hmm. It's just it seems I guess they just made it a thing because it's popular. Yeah, and so it was, they just wanted to keep putting more stuff. Yeah, in. it was so iconic that you, they just couldn't let it be. And it's like, but I want to say all of it came like because there was the manga, and there was this movie, and I think the sequel movie was in the two thousands or whatever when yeah and. I think the sequel manga was even later than that, I think. Because the sequel movie is not based on uh, manga. Oh, okay. It's its own thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of its own thing that Mamoru Oshii did. Oh, weird. Okay. I'd have to look into that to be sure what was going on with it. But Yeah. There Hmm. were some elements of it that were from the manga, but I think they might have been from the first manga that were just things that weren't Uh, the first movie. It's all comedy. It's just (laughs) nonstop slapstick. No, there's it's. I think tone-wise, it's very similar to this movie. Oh, okay. But 
just it's not like not much happens it felt like <laughs> it's not like, i mean it could be like uh you know the it's a new entity She's got to find her way in the world, you know, like, <laughs> and she's like, you know, tripping over things and like, how oh, does this world work? <laughs> no, no. She Does she go to high school? They like to set things in high school. That would be crazy. Oh, well. no. But no, Go, no, Ghost in the Shell, as far as I know, has never really gone to high school. Well, that's good. Let's keep it that way. In, in fact, I don't know of much of anything Masamune Nishiro has done that goes into high school stuff. Like, all the stuff I can think of is, is, has not been uh, revolving around high school. So. Cool. Well, hey, we found one. <laughs> we found a guy that doesn't set things in high school. I'm, I'm already intrigued <laughs> to see more. Yeah, his stuff is always bizarre yeah well leiji matsumoto is he in high school i don't think i've seen anything of his in high school yeah because he's like space trains and yeah. westerns he, and he's all yeah, yeah he's all sci-fi space stuff yeah so okay so he he gets a he's, thumbs up too yeah and and i don't think osamu tezuka does much and I, I mean with all the stories he's done i'm sure something has been there but <laughs> yeah he doesn't feel like like he feels like he's just got his own thing going yeah you know? yeah and I would say that uh, the thing to keep in mind with all of this is that all of these guys are older creators. Yeah. That is this newer stuff that's... Uh, so you're saying all the school. new stuff is high school based? It, it, it has definitely been a growing trend. It was not like everything must be high school before. Yeah. And it's kind of become that over time. As uh. the, it's kind of... So the way the industry has evolved has been more and more towards that. And so, so what was the first height? What was the thing that that kicked it all off? I almost want to blame Aiko, honestly. Got to go back in time and <laughs> take it out <laughs> for the betterment of anime. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's not like, I and mean, it would be so hard to pin down because obviously there's going to be stuff that's about high school. Yeah, no, I know. As I'm long just, as high school has been around, just fucking but, around. Yeah, but what popularized it as to be the defining entity? Yeah, the, I don't know. That's that's that'd be hard to draw the line as to what and when and where. And like Sailor Moon would definitely have been a huge uh, part of that. Okay. Eiko was probably a big part of that before then, and Ursa Yatra was probably a big part of it before then. So, all right. Well. We're on my half to go to school in that. Yeah. Another Rumiko Takashi thing. Same thing as uh, Urusei Yatsura. So. Oh, okay. Same author okay. for the manga. I didn't know that she did that, too. Yeah. She also did Inuyasha, which is about a high school girl who jumps back in time. and uh, So there you go. <laughs> Does she go to high school back in time? No, there's no high schools back then. Oh, okay. It, it tries to be slightly historically accurate. Is it a historically accurate school <laughs> for a teenaged person? <laughs> I don't know that it really shows her going to school, but she always goes back in time in her high school uniform. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why. She's always jumping back in time and she's in the school yeah. uniform. Like yeah, she she doesn't put on her casual clothes when she goes back in time. She's got to get in, in the uniform. Maybe yeah. that's part of the whole you know things that you got to do to jump through time yeah hmm. oh that's somebody uh 
I forgot or didn't ever really knew was in this. Um, Shoji Kawamori does some I mechanical saw, designs. Yeah, I saw his name and I thought, well, what the hell did he do? <laughs> And then I was looking for like planes and there's that one tank at the end, but I mean, is there, how much more is there to be designed other than that? I guess there's a, I don't know. I mean, just all the cars and gadgets and doodads and like like, mechanical design is basically just how does all the little pieces of the shit work. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of hard because he's not the only, I think there were two mechanical designers on here. And then you get the further wrinkle of this being all based on Masamune Shiro's stuff, where he has already drawn right. pretty much all of this crap out already. Right, right. So, like, the spider tanks are a big Masamune Shiro thing. They're, oh, okay. They're in practically everything he does, it seems. Uh, any sci-fi stuff he does. Oh. I thought it looked familiar, not that I've seen his stuff, but, like... Yeah, there's, they're definitely an apple seed. There's a bunch of them in the manga of Ghost in the Shell. Okay. And I'm pretty sure there's... Are there... No, I guess they aren't in Dominion. Maybe there's one or two in Dominion or something, but... Fucking tank police? Yeah. They don't have these tanks? They got tanks, but they're not really spider tanks oh. with, the, with the legs that walk around. Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe there's, like, a special one in there somewhere that does that, but... Hmm. Caterpillar tanks? Yeah, caterpillar tanks. Millipede yeah, tanks? <laughs> no, they have these weird little, like... they're The ones in Tank Police are kind of like on track balls. It's like... Track balls? Like a little mouse ball. They'll like put six of them on the bottom of a tank, and it's kind of rolling around. Oh, on them. weird. It's really, they're really weird looking. Wow. Huh. Okay. I don't know how well that would actually work in any kind of reality, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't work, but... Yeah. I mean, it's they can do whatever they want. Sci-fi, yeah, it's, but... It's, it's... Hmm. So I guess, like, um... Oh, the the new R2-D2 clone in new Star Wars BB-8. The, kind yeah, of how he's he a little with ball. It, just the ball that rolls around. Except put a tank on top of that instead of a little R2-D2 head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All but, right. I guess it could work. We saw it in that Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that came out like 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that Matrix ripped off. I mean, that's a kind of a acknowledged right. thing that they've yeah, said. Yeah. But, like, but like the, the little green right, right, stuff on sure. the screen that comes into the words. And, and the, the whole, just honestly, the whole, like, martial arts and cyberspace kind of thing like is there martial arts in this though? Oh, and makoto's kicking the shit out of that guy in the beginning when she's invisible and yeah the guy with the uzi who she tracks him down to the water and then she's like beating the crap out of him i guess mm-hmm. but like i don't know it's that not like super martial art I don't but know it's that like that's like martial arts there's definitely that that kind of that feel to that fight i feel Damn. like kind of all right. There's, there's a little bit of a vibe of that going on. And All right. Uh, maybe I mean, it's just the fact that it's a dude running around in a trench coat with an Uzi, but yeah, that that too feels kind of matrixy. But. Yeah. Well, there's also that stuff too, where at the at the end, when the the tank is shooting up the pillars. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. like such a big thing at the end of Matrix, where they're shooting up that lobby with all the pillars yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That's like. They totally took that, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually kinda of funny in the little the interviews on the, the disc they they talked about the numbers scrolling by in the credits. And yeah. apparently the numbers on screen there is like 
the person's name like in binary. Oh, really? Like they they did some weird algorithm oh, or something cool. to turn the the names into numbers cool. and put the, and that's what the, the so it's not just gibberish numbers. It's, yeah, it's actually okay. the the names being kind of decoded into the, the credit cool. sequence. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That's another thing about this is the the credits are all English, and I I wondered what they looked like in the original Japanese. Yeah, I don't know. Because I doubt that they looked like they look like here. They they might. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they did. I would be surprised. Because I don't know. It's just there's something about it that seems like it was done later. Hmm. Especially at the end credits. Oh, it the just, end credits for sure. That seems like Yeah, okay. the the end credit sequence is obviously they, just the, yeah. the English end credits sequence. But the opening credits I think might be because normally, I don't, I don't know, if it were, if that were done later for the English release, I kind of feel like it wouldn't have been as good. Well, you're saying is. that they had a worldwide release. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is they created Maybe. them at the same time. Maybe. So, it's not like it necessarily done later, but it's just done, you know, like, this is the English release. Yeah. I doubt that the Japanese release would ha- would be like that because there's like literally no Japanese in those titles at all, right? So I feel like there's got to be some cool Japanese titles. Like, I mean, I guess numbers are numbers, so like the numbers would fl- go by, but then like would they come up with the characters and stuff? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I want to see interesting it. to check that out. I want to but... see it. Anyway, I yeah, don't, I don't think I've ever seen that opening sequence in Japanese. Because like this DVD that you have is is kind of like the the OG DVD. It's not like a new thing, you know. Yeah, it's like old manga. Right, manga's right. no 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 sure, longer I around. Didn't buy it that long ago, but it might just be like a. reprint of the old disc or something. Yeah. But, I don't know. Or maybe I'm just not remembering how long ago I bought it. But Well, it felt like an old DVD. Just yeah. the, the way that it just goes straight to the movie and the menus, like, seemed old. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not sure. Anyway, anything else? Uh, probably not. I think that's it. All right, well, adios. All right, see ya. <laughs>